0: What is nothing? Now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. to that today, Bro. Thank you for downloading this episode. Uh, it's very exciting. I have a lot of great uh, emails to get through, but first, t- today's the day, guys. This is it. Mother Inferior drops on Netflix, my comedy special. You can search for it by just searching for Christina P, the letter P. You don't have to do Pajitski anymore. It is such a nightmare that I've dropped the Ajitski, and it is just Christina P. So check it out on Netflix. Uh, If you like it, tell your friends, have everybody uh, check it out. Okay, so first of all, don't forget, holidays are coming. Do not go shopping at the mall. Do your shopping on Amazon. Why wouldn't you buy it on Amazon? Have it shipped to the people that you love. Don't you dare travel uh, with parcels. In your carry-on, you know TSA is not going to respect a wrapped package, so use my uh, banner. Go to that'sdeepbropodcast.com, dot com. Click on the banner at the bottom of uh, every blog post. You're shopping as you normally would, and uh, and that's it. Okay, I'm so excited for this first uh, sponsor of this week's episode of That's Deep Bro, Cameron Hughes Wine. Cameron Hughes Wine. I'm telling you. Uh, they sent me a box of their different wines. And A, I feel like I am a millionaire. I hate paying huge amounts of money um, for for Napa wines because that's where this is all from. And the best part is that Cameron Hughes wine, he gets all the luxury wines from Napa Valley, but what he does is he just labels it his own label. So you're getting like these highfalutin Uh, wonderful Cabernets, uh, Sauvignon Blancs, Pinot Grigios, Merlots. I don't even like Cabernets, and I'm telling you, I love Cameron Hughes's Hughes's, uh, Cabernet. That's how great these wines are. And I feel like the classiest woman in the world because I have all these varieties now in my house. So somebody comes over, I'm like, well, what do you want? Which one? Which of these many varietals? And I feel like I'm I'm super fancy and, and the wines are fantastic. Uh, You can find fantastic quality wine at everyday prices, like $50 bottle wine for just $15. And let's face it, I don't know uh, what I'm choosing. And that's why Cameron Hughes knows he finds the needle in the haystack wine from top wineries around the world, blends them and sells them direct to you under his label for 50% less than what you would pay at retail. With Cameron Hughes Wine, you know what you are getting, uh, and it is the best deal, luxury wines at affordable prices. I love it. Uh, Here's the best part. Cameron Hughes guarantees all his wines. If you are unhappy with any bottle you buy from him, he will make it right. And what have you got to lose? Find out why Cameron Hughes Wine is the preferred wine choice by informed and passionate wine lovers. I want you to try these wines, so I convinced Cameron Hughes To give my listeners an incredible deal, uh, here's what you get. Free shipping on three or more bottles and a free sommelier, I know that word, it's fancy, sommelier grade corkscrew. This is a great deal to try these already discounted wines and free shipping is a huge savings. Wine is heavy and expensive to ship. The wine is fantastic. This deal is fantastic. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Go to chwine.com and use the code bro right now. That's wine. Dot com and enter code bro. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know me. If I don't have to leave my house and I get all the perks of leaving my house, that's why, that's why I like Cameron Hughes. So thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, Are you in need of great talent for your business, but short on time? You don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire. You just need the right tools, smarter tools. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your jobs over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click, so you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible matches. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you it finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get qual- get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Imagine that. Imagine saving all that time, uh, time that could be spent growing your business instead of searching for an employee. I think that's fantastic. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, my list, can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. F-R-E-E. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash bro. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash bro. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash bro. That is awesome. Oh, it's finally boot season. I am so excited. I love fall and winter and I love fall and I love winter fashions and if you're still going to the mall to shop for your favorite styles, maybe you want to try getting out of the 90s and get with the times. You can finally be the fashion trend center you always dreamed of being, and you don't have to make a million dollars to do it. Give it a try. It is justfab.com. Millions of women say that Just Fab is their go-to site to see what's new and trending in boots, shoes, clothing, and accessories. I love Just Fab. I have a VIP membership, and it helps you save up to 30% on the retail price, then you go to justfab.com, you take a style quiz, and after taking it, Just Fab personalizes your personal experience, so your favorite styles will rise straight to the top. Uh, and that's so much more efficient than going to a mall and going through racks and racks of stuff you and, and trying it all on. It's such a hassle. And seriously, who's got time to do any of that? Um, so check it out. I signed up as a VIP, and I found everything that I needed. It was totally easy. Um, and makes shopping fun. It shopping should be fun, right? Yeah, I think so. So here's how it works: to keep all the benefits of being a VIP VIP member, Just Fab charges a forty dollars shopping credit to your account uh, per month, and I use that for anything on the site. But guess what? If I don't feel like shopping that month, I just clip clip. Good Lord. I just click the skip button and my card isn't charged. Not a bad deal for 30% off of every purchase. You will love being a VIP member. So here's how you do it. Go to justfab.com slash bro now and sign up as a VIP. You'll get your first style for as low as $10. You heard that correctly. Visit justfab.com bro to get your first style for as low as $10. Go do it today. Get your life. Why not? Get your wardrobe, get your boots, get your fall stuff. Justfab.com. Thank you. All right, guys, let's get into this episode. Very juicy one. Uh, I get super deep on some emails. All right, let's do it. that shit what up, homies? Welcome to that's Deep bro. Thank you for watching on YouTube uh, if you're doing that or if you're listening to this podcast, uh thank you for downloading Uh very exciting time i I love the holidays as you know. Hollow Jeans is just around the corner, and I took a very splurgy trip down to the ninety nine cent store about oh, I'd say a month ago, which is normal, right? Everyone, no, like late August, I went down to the 99 cent store and I spent 40 whole dollars on Halloween um, crap. And I felt really, really badly about it. I was like flogging myself. Um, and then I remember it's the 99 cent store and what the fuck am I, what am I doing uh, that I'm flogging myself? Because really at the end of the day, you're going to die. You're just going to die. You're going to be dead. And you're going to be like, what, why didn't I just decorate my house the way I wanted to? Why didn't I do everything the goddamn way I wanted to? Isn't that just the fuckery of it all is you, you know, I think, uh, it helps, uh, the old, little bit older you get, like, you just start to realize like, how much of your life has been lived in, uh, in reactiveness, in reacting to the past, right? Just worried about what other people are going to say or do or not say or not do. And I can't do this because so-and-so is not going to like that. And I can't you know i can 't i couldn 't do that for a living or i can 't wear that because they 're going to say this, and so and so is going to not like me and and then you realize that why am i why am I worried about all of this crap because look let 's be real i um i don 't know if we get a second, third, fourth time around on this planet there's no you know, there's, I guess, some evidence, some data to support such things, but not... I don't know. Not really. I don't know. I've read many lives, many masters. I listen to Doreen Virtue. I do my angel reading cards. I've watched the guy on television talk to dead people. Uh, But I don't know. The truth is you just don't know. You do not know. And I had this thing ha- Well, you know, I told you the story that there was the rat in the house when we came back from vacation and, and I was obsessed with killing it. And I did, we plugged up all the holes. We got rid of the rat and it was fantastic. And, and I had this epiphany while I was sitting in my backyard and I was watching the leaves and I was just watching the elements and squirrels and birds. And, uh, and I had this epiphany that I don't know if there's supernatural stuff, God watching over me, a man in the sky who's keeping score and punishing people based on their sexual proclivities or their lack of morality. I don't know about all that. Here's what I do know. I know that human existence, however finite it is, your time on this planet, time being a construct that isn't real anyways, but whatever... Your time allotted here on this planet, there's a finite amount of it. Uh, judging by where my, my family is, I got about 70 good years and then it's uh, just gone to shit. I mean, we can live a long time in my family because of cockroach DNA, because of my Eastern Bloc um, heritage that allows us to live on nothing but vodka and sausages for, for years just years um, and not exercise and live, but it's not, it's not a good quality. 70 something is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think, I think that's like the average. When did my grandma die? She may have died in her, yeah, late sixties. My mom dropped dead like 69. Uh, Maybe not a good theory. The point is I'm outside. I'm looking at the elements and the realization I had is that whether or not supernatural elements exist, is it's up to you. It's in your consciousness. It's, it's, it's a construct that you can buy into or not or whatever. But at the root, you're a human being. You're lucky enough to be born into this human body uh, with the gift of this really complicated brain and all these emotions, and I don't think that we give nearly enough emphasis and credit to the emotional world of the human because if you look at it if you look how people act a lot of that it's it's dictated not by rational thought but by uh emotions by what happened to you as a little kid right what mommy and daddy did or didn't do or who did what to you and it's unprocessed feelings and trauma and you grow up and you you blow people up or you become a crazy leader, whatever, whatever you do, whatever you decide, uh, you know, on doing with your past. But, you know, you, you realize that, that we're just in the elements. I mean, we're human, we're incarnated as humans. And all we've done is really find a way to insulate ourselves from the outdoors, right? The elements, the rats, that's my whole existence As I live inside of this house amongst nature, in nature, fighting nature, trying not to be a part of nature. I'm trying to resist being, you know, sleeping outdoors and, and eating off of trees and crap. But, you know, the truth of it is you're just in it surviving like the rest of, rest of the animals. And, uh, and that's all your job is, is to try to fucking teach your kid how to survive out there and not get caught in a trap, (laughs) And that might sound bleak, but I find it rather sobering and, and, and enlightening because you're like, oh, oh, that's what this whole fucking thing is. I'm supposed to gather a bunch of resources. It's, there's, there's resources and, and each person gathers them and either you do a great job of that or a crummy job of that. And then you reproduce, you find somebody to do that with and you, and that's either good or bad or ugly or whatever. I mean, it's. It's all it's all about that, I, and I I kind of like it simply like that. And I, I don't know if if there's any other uh, cosmic shit going on. I don't know, I don't know. But in the meantime, you, you only have so long. And why why live for other people? Why live out of fear? Why live out of uh, a sense like I'm not good enough to do this, or I can't do this, or or whatever? It's all a joke. <laughs> it's a it's a big it's a big joke by the cosmic a uh, comedian in the sky if he even exists who knows who knows what that guy's up to if that's even real it seems i i lean towards no lately where you know i know a lot of religious people are telling us that it's because we're wicked that god punishes with hurricanes and some crazy shooter on in las vegas uh but i i don't i i don't think so i don't think that's happening at all i think It's hard to, it's hard to buy into a guy that lets all that crap happen, but you know, then again, there's that free will guys. It just, you can't take away the free will without the guy's free will. Then you, yeah, right. However that argument goes. Okay. What else? I, uh, I, uh, I was with my kid all weekend and, uh, Tom was out of town and, and my son has been into this thing where he. Likes to, he's a mess, he's a fuck, he's almost two, he's a boy, and uh, I don't want to get all gender binary, but he's a a 100% just normal dude. I guess we're not supposed to say that anymore, right? It's some kind of abuse, but uh, he likes cars. He likes to, but he loves dirt. Dirt's like his favorite. Rubbing dirt on him, rubbing dirt on me, rubbing dirt on new furniture. Just dirt, loves it. And he likes when um, we go to Whole Foods. Uh, I give him an apple. They let you do that at Whole Foods. They let you. They let your child uh, take like one item. I think it is. I always fess up to it. I take the sticker off and I go here, my. Ch- I stole this. I'll pay for this. And they're like, don't worry about it. Uh, but he's taken to biting the apple and then spitting out the bite. Like he just chews it up and then he <laughs> spits it out on himself. And. I I think it's really amusing because it's like yep that's it that's the chaos that's the the lesson that you're supposed to learn from from a, a small whirling dervish uh, of this this time in their their lives and I feel like every day it's a constant exercise in in me relinquishing the need to control everything he's going to do everything he's not going to do because there's also that too right there's a lot of I'm and he's not going to do what I want him to do right now so there's this constant thing of like I have to relinquish the control because I know let's say if we go to the bathroom together he has to come with me and and he's going to touch the the disgusting toilet brush he's going to touch he's going to put his hands in the dirty toilet water, most likely splash around. And then he's going to touch the lid. And then he's going to slam the lid on my back when I'm trying to take a piss. He's going, he's going to knock over the stool. He's going to unravel all the toilet paper. And I like, you I know this now. No, I know it. I go in and I just, I let it, I let the chaos just, just unravel. And it's been a real exercise in allowing, just allowing what's going to happen, happen. And, and, and I mean that on a very philosophical, deeper level, like the lessons I'm learning from this, it's like, dude, there's so much shit that is not under your control. Eventually, uh, much like in the, in the long scheme of things, the existence, this, this existence, there's so little you control. So the stuff you do control, try to make that amazing. Like really, really be excellent to yourself in in the little ways that you can, right? For instance, take care of the physical body you're given, Nurture that, nurture your spirit, nurture your, your joy, you know, do well at your career, try hard, be nice to people, be a civilized human, be a good person, um, to the best you can. Cause we're not all good, right? We're a blend of good and bad and, and, you know, shameful and, or whatever. We're, we're a blend of many things, but just try to be de- decent. Don't be a fucking asshole. And, um, and so yeah, so the kid is a, a whirling dervish of that, and then uh, the the constant lesson of like, I I would I would like to just uh, park the car and then go into the house with like these groceries we just bought. That'll be kind of cool. Uh, that doesn't happen, right? It's not it's not going to happen that way because he wants to sit in the driver's seat and he wants to play push all the buttons, and I have to like let that happen. I just let it happen. Mm-hmm. I just. It's, it's kind of crazy when you, cause you get real fucking present when you hang out with a toddler, like a real super, like, this is all we're doing right now. This is all I can do. And I think in the beginning it was, it's very hard for somebody who's used to just doing what they want to, uh, to constantly be like, oh, I, I can't do fucking anything right now except watch you push buttons in this car. I can, I can do nothing because it's too hard. And there's a point where you give up on trying to answer the emails or the texts that you get as you're watching your kid, your small child. You're like, oh, fuck it. What What is happening right now that's more important than this? Not a lot, actually, you start to realize. So we're in the Whole Foods. He's eating the apple and then chewing it and spitting it out <laughs> on him. on his, ch- It's on his chest and on his legs. So I know like, okay, we're making a mess, but it's on him. It's I'm not ruining the store. So I don't feel like a ton of responsibility for it. Like, all right, you know, if he was an asshole who was, it was on the floor, I, I would take a little more mom responsibility, but I watched, um, it's funny because I, I watched the look of, of, uh, I wouldn't say panic, but re- like reserved panic, uh, when we would kind of stroll up in our cart, we'd stroll up to like the deli counter and like the sweet 20 year old girl, behind the counter who I don't, I don't, I doubt she has a kid yet, you know, um, the look on her face <laughs> of, oh my God, your child is covered in food. Do you, how are you letting this happen? Like, surely mom, you want a towel? And, and, you know, she gave me the panicked like, oh, we got to clean this up real fast and handed me uh, graciously handed me, I should say a wet paper towel and then a dry paper towel. Uh, and that wasn't the first time that day that that had happened. Uh, Ellis and I took an art class and, and same thing, hands right in the paint and then right on his shirt and then right on me and then right on. Every, it's like, that's just what happens. And the panic of the teacher to get him cleaned up as quickly as possible too, is it's comical to me uh, and to any anybody that's had a small child. You know that it's an exercise in futility. Futi, futi, futility. Uh, it is a Sisyphean, a Sisyphean task of rolling the boulder up the rock of, of cleanliness. It's not going to happen. You have an idea in your mind that your child will be clean all the time, but it, it doesn't really actually happen. Um, so I take the offers of, yeah, okay. Oh, you, you want to clean him up? Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see where this goes in five minutes. <laughs> I let them do it. And then I, he's just filthy again. And there you go. And I just learn constantly, man. It, it's really, it's really been more about learning how much stuff I ca- I have zero control over all the time, <laughs> all the time. Oh, it's just astounding, isn't it? And we think we're so smart. We think we're so clever. And I've I've got it all figured out. <sighs> Anyways, why don't we take some emails? Hold on. Let's. Still playing the Beastie Boys in the background It's a good song at least I say Check Your Head is my favorite album by the Beastie Boys Always dude, those guys are the fucking shit Alright, let's get into it, let's do the intro for emails You wanna know why you're all fucked up? Yeah, so this first one Hi mommy, my name is Mark and I need some advice Three years ago, I was 19 and had nothing to live for and was on a dark path and I thought I would leave, I thought would, oh, would leave me dead or in jail. I took off from my small rural hometown in upstate New York and moved to Chicago on my own. Now, three years later, I have overcome my drug problems, found myself as a person, found myself as a person, lost almost 100 pounds and got a stable job. I have made the decision to transfer that job back home where the cost of living is much less and be a part of the rejuvenating of my once desolate hometown, but I am scared that people are going to want the old me and try to bring me back down to the place I was. I don't want to be an asshole that blames the world for his problems and just gets high like I was before. How do I confront these people and get them to accept the new me, Because I have changed, but the people I know from home haven't changed, do I have to find a new niche or do I have to help my old friends see the big picture? Thanks, mommy. Love you, Mark. Uh, Oh, our work. Okay. Thank you. Gets you through so much. Thank you for listening. Okay. Cool. Good. Thanks, mommy. Thanks, Mark, uh, for listening to our shows. So here's what happened. It sounds like you're 19 and you're going down a wrong path. And you left your home, you went to the big city, and in three years, you lost 100 pounds, you got sober, and you got your life. Congratulations. That's amazing. So now you're asking me, uh, you're, you're, you've decided to move back home to the place that you didn't, I don't know if you, if you say that you liked living there. Uh, the cost of living is cheaper, so I guess that's a positive. Um And you're asking if you should go and hang out with the same people that you, I'm assuming, we're were still using drugs with and getting fat and drugged, drugged out with. And I have to just say one thing that if we've learned anything from listening to Dan Pena. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. God damn it. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Dan Pena is a fucking eagle, people. He's an eagle. Eagles fly high. They can't always find good company because they're high achievers. (laughs) I'm not saying you need to be a solo eagle. But what I am saying is why? Why? Why would you be friends with the same fucking losers that you were friends with when you were using and in the depths of of a bad place. Now that Dan Payne, I, yeah, I play that as a joke, but there's a reason because there's a lot of validity to show me your friends. I'll show you your future. That's why I like that because I'll, I'm going to tell you something, Mark. You, what you've done is amazing. You've overcome your own bullshit at at such a young age. That's a a Herculean effort. Most people never turn their lives around. You did it at 19, and that's fantastic. And uh, I'll tell you, there's two types of people in the world, okay? There's fucking losers. It's true. I'm not saying losers on paper, and I'm not talking about being broke. I'm not talking about being fat. I'm not talking about... That's not what I mean. I mean a loser mentality. The way you're thinking, you're thinking like a loser. And what the loser thinks is... I shouldn't be friends with people that are better at stuff than I am because uh, I'll feel bad about myself. Or, uh, nope, I'm just going to stay here because uh, I'm not going to try because what's the point of trying? It's too hard. I'm not good enough. I uh, probably won't succeed, so why bother? I'm just going to stay here and keep it small, keep my life small. That's a loser mentality. I'm not saying, uh, uh, this is not the sa- this is not the same as saying, Right now, if you're in some circumstances that are hard to overcome, you can't overcome them. At one point, everybody is quote unquote a loser, right? But it's overcoming this mindset of like low frequency, low energy dwelling, right? The the scared fucks, all these chicken shits who don't take the chances on themselves, who don't believe in themselves. So I'm telling you, there's a loser and then there's the winner. And you know who the fucking winner is, Mark? it's you, bro. You're a fucking winner. And, uh, you know, winner mentality is I can do it. I'm going to make friends with people that are smarter than me, better at things than I am. I'm going to aspire to be like those folks. They don't threaten me. Their success does not threaten mine. Um, I can try things that are foreign to me. I may not be perfect at them and that's okay. I'm going to try to do better and be better and not harm other people and try to do right by my family and, and have ethics and morals and, 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 and elevate everybody around me. That's, called a, that's a winner, dude. That's a winning mentality. So now winners, got to hang with other winners, bro. And you started as a fucking loser and now you're a winner. So what are you going to do? You're going to go back and hang out with the low frequency, uh, low vibe dwellers, and ask them to elevate their status to get where you are, good luck. You can't force people to get their lives. It doesn't work that way. You can suggest it. You can give them, you know, guide posts. The fact is you can't, you can't expect them to change. You're asking the almost impossible thing of like, Hey, I really like you guys. Cause you're familiar to me. But can you all change how you're doing stuff so that I can hang out with you? And especially for trying to maintain sobriety. I am not a sobriety coach. I don't know a lot about about that stuff. I thankfully didn't have like a major problem with substance abuse. But from what I understand, uh, rule number one of like cleaning your shit up is probably not hanging out with the people you used to use with or party with. Isn't that part of it is like, you don't hang out with the, the people you party with. So don't, yeah. It, I, I don't know why you're moving back to the same. I know you say the cost of living is, is cheaper. That's great. Um, is there nowhere else you can go? Does that, does it have to be this? Okay. You like it there, go there, but yeah, you're going to have to find a new niche. You're going to have to find winners to hang with. It is just that simple. It is unfortunately just that black and white. And a lot of things in life I have learned are gray, not this shit, man. Not hanging out with fucking losers or winners because I've done both. I've, I've hung out with losers and I've changed and I've hung out with winners. And I got to tell you, I like winners better. Here's why. Winners aren't boundary steppers. Winners um, take care of their own shit and don't ask you to clean up their own me- their messes. Uh, winners take responsibility for themselves for their own actions. Um, winners help other winners achieve and accomplish. Um, winners don't harm other people or make other people's lives worse. Now the fucking losers and that's all they do. The vampires. I've talked about these assholes. The vampires. The vultures. Some of them exist in your own in your own family. Some of these. People exist in your workplace. You know, the low energies, the low frequencies, the, the Jan at the water cooler who wants nothing more than to rope you into her uh, bullshit, right? Into her melancholy, self-flagellating uh, self, uh, nonsense. How are you doing, Jan? Oh, you know. You know that fucking person. They want to rope you into their negativity and their weird thing. Ugh, don't even, don't entertain it. You just keep walking past the Jans of the world and go hang out with the the winners, the people that are doing the thing you want to be doing. So if you're going to move back home to the place from whence you came, do it differently do, do not hang out with the same people you hung out with. It is just that simple. I don't know if you're in meetings. I don't know, go meet other sober people or people wanting to stay sober. Um, I I always think, um, I, I told Josh Potter this when he was here, my lovely Josh Potter friend, if you haven't listened to his episode, uh, he moved from upstate New York to California to Los Angeles. recently and he's on his journey of change and it's fascinating to listen to somebody talk about it as they're in it, but, uh, he's going, Oh, I told him I can fucking go. You know, if you're into, into better, bettering yourself and, 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 and go to where the, all the, go to do fucking yoga or all the other people who are into that or meditation classes that, that go, go, uh, to, to listen to the self-help guru talk, Go meet that's all where women are. Women are all there. That's where all the women are. These nut these nutty places, tarot card reading. God damn it, go over there. But don't don't ever expect the uh the low frequencies to suddenly change and become higher frequency beings. That is the cause of so much human suffering. I've learned that uh like the fucking hard way is that it's and it's really quite simple once you start to see how it all kind of shakes out. Human existence, right? Like there are just eagles, uh, there are chickens that eat off the floor. There are fucking pigeons. There are cockatiels. There are par- there are all kinds of birds, and it's who you align with, right? Who do you who do you see yourself flying with? And it's very important that you pick the right flock. And, uh, and sometimes I always, I feel so bad. I, I'm not hanging out with X, Y, and Z, even though we've known them for so many years and we grow, who cares? Who fucking, who cares? Are they, are they sucking you down in the mud? Are they pulling you down? Are they, uh, being hateful, hurtful, abusive? Are they, are they doing things that you don't want to be a part of? Don't fucking hang out with them. Oh, but I feel bad. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Why do you feel bad? They don't feel bad. That's the thing that always killed me. I used to feel so bad about not hanging out with the, the shitballs of the world, the scumbags, the fuckheads, the people that are mean and crappy. What, what, what am I feeling bad for? They're not feeling bad. They feel fucking great about it. That's, that's the irony of all this stuff. The people you feel, you're feeling so bad and flogging yourself and getting guilty. Okay, oh, I, I could never say no. I can't. I can't not but I can't not uh, you know, spend the holidays with Aunt Susan or Auntie Jane or wh- whoever the fuck whoever. I can't not because they're family and uh yeah, but so what? They're they're if they're mean, if they're horrible, why? Why are you it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter, man. Cuz they'll just latch on to someone else. They'll find someone else to <laughs> to suck on to, right? That's what they do. That's the whole thing, man. That's the whole game. If you're healthy enough, if you've gone and you get your fucking life together, what happens is you don't even, you know, you see the vampire coming, right? I've said this before. You fucking, you see the vampires and the vultures, the scumbags, the whatevers, and you go, no, 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 thank you. I'm going to go over here. Not nothing, no disrespect but just no, thank you. I'm over here, dude. I'm gonna go do my thing with with uh with people who get me and and who I'm trying to elevate my whole game. It's so easy, and it's just that simple. It really is just that fucking simple of just like, yes, no, yes, no, yes. That's all life is is yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. no, I won't hang out with the people who I used to do bad stuff with, you know. It's just not, it's not good. You can't. What are you going to do? You're going to go out to the bar with them and then they're all drinking, doing the same shit loser things they were doing before, and then you're just going to sit there sober uh-huh, with your thumb in your ass. No, don't. don't do it. Go with the winners, dudes. Go with the fucking winners. All right, who we got? Um, this next one breaks my heart. Breaks my heart farts in my heart and I wanted to uh, answer it because I feel like so many people feel this way and I think if you're honest I think if you're honest you felt this way yourself at some point it says hey mommy Tina I'm going through a bit of a crisis and I need your guidance I have a crippling fear of not being good enough I always feel like I'm not good enough for the love that my family friends and girlfriend give me I feel like I'm not good enough to get a decent job. I feel like I'm not good enough even for my dogs to love me. I've, it's awful because everyone has always put me on this pedestal and I've never felt like I deserve it. I used to be fat like Bert. Oh, that's not possible. Nobody's as fat as Bert. Much fatter, actually, he writes. 340 pounds. Well, that's just that's the tip of Bert's uh, iceberg, I'd say. And I always thought my self-image issues would disappear with the weight. Then I lost 100 pounds. Wow. And they were still there. What's with today? Losing 100 pounds. That's interesting. Then I got an amazing girlfriend and I thought they'd go away, but they were still there. If anything, they've ramped up over the past few months. I have no idea what to do. I do so much shit all the time, like housework and yard work and things like that that looking for that little bit of gratification from my loved ones. And for some reason, it's never good enough. I'm going insane. Mommy P I really need your help. Keeping my jeans high and tight. Okay. Elijah. Ooh, Elijah. That's a holy name, isn't it? Elijah, Elijah's God, right? Uh, and look what he writes. P.S. I know you're going to say, see a therapist and get my life, but I can't currently afford one. God damn it. God damn it. What? This is why you're fucking poor. This is why you're fucking messed up, Elijah. Elijah, yes, you can't afford a therapist. First of all, let's start with the, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to Google. You've heard of Google. You're going to, you're going to type in sliding scale therapist and your zip code. Sliding scale, two different words, sliding and scale therapist, and then your zip code. And I know you can do that because I got to tell you, I read a lot of emails and yours is grammatically correct. Your punctuation is impeccable. Uh, you, you're intelligent. I can tell. Elijah, you got your life together. You're, 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 all, you're already almost there, dude. Now, why do you feel worthless? That's a problem that only a licensed fucking therapist can get into. Uh, And that's what I'm fucking, I'm not qualified to do. I cannot tell you why you hate yourself. I can tell you why, I can tell you some indicators from what I've learned uh, in 10 years of aggressive psychotherapy, psychotherapy, psychotherapy. Uh, I'll tell you what I think some of it is. However, this is not a reason or an excuse for you not to go and do a sliding scale therapist. But what that means, by the way, sliding scale, that phrase means you pay what you can. When I started therapy, I was paying, and I'm not even joking, I think $20 a session, maybe 20, 25, maybe. $25 is all I could afford, but I was so anxious, depressed, sad, and and messed up that I knew that if I didn't seek help, I would not survive. Do you understand, Elijah? And it sounds like you're not surviving. You're not You're not thriving. You're not where you should be. Even though you lost this weight, you have incredible discipline. Incredible. That's all. That is the uh, same as the emailer before you. I mean, I can't even imagine being Burt-sized and then getting down to half a Burt. Uh, that is... I mean, Bert can't even do it. So that's really something fantastic to celebrate, my love. So you have the self love there, it's there. Um, okay, so why do you hate yourself? Well, generally, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm not a fucking, I'm not qualified, but here's what I know from 10 years in, in sliding scale therapy. Uh, a lot of us might, you might have a trauma. That's gone undealt with some kind of abuse, maybe sexual trauma, maybe, uh, maybe verbal abuse, maybe emotional abuse could have been, it's a childhood thing. Well, I'm just guessing something in in, in childhood, mommy, daddy, teacher, whoever, sister, whatever, whatever. And what happens is my love is that we get hurt as children and, and because, you know, it's just, you know, for whatever reason. It's not processed, the feelings. And then it manifests itself as I hate myself. I don't like myself. Well, let me try losing all this weight. Okay, if I lose all the weight, uh, if I just lose 100 pounds, I'll feel perfect, right? If I just lost... And I, I, don't, I, I do this. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, if I just lost 20 more pounds, like, I, think it, I think my life would be perfect, right? <laughs> if I just if i were blonder maybe that would change i mean that's what the whole cosmetics industry and the weight loss industry and the car industry and all the horseshit we think we can buy to make ourselves better that that's what advertising's based on the myth that all you need to do is this one magic thing and you know you're you're going to be transformed right buy this book and this will transform it buy the car you'll you'll you're, you're going to get laid oh my head hurts from putting a fucking bun in it uh that's the whole the whole racket, man. That that's human existence. That's how fucking religion got started, right? Oh, you feel bad about yourself? Well, guess what? Y- you know, you're gonna go, you're gonna die, you're gonna go to heaven, and this this guy named God's gonna love you and and don't worry about it. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna reward it in the afterlife. <laughs> so there is no like easy peasy um fix to deep, deeply rooted. Mm-hmm, You know, um, issues like self-loathing. That that, and I got to tell you that that is like, that is that is the core of. I, I honestly, I think so much of human existence hates themselves. So many human beings hate themselves. I mean, it's manifested in drug and alcohol abuse, sex addictions, gambling, overeating any compulsive behavior, any behavior that doesn't benefit you is an act of self-loathing, of self-hatred, right? I mean, again, am I a fucking therapist? No, but I, I'm a comedian and we're like, uh, and basically we dwell in the dark alleys of human, uh, psyche of the human psyche. Okay. I'm a perfect, I'm a fucking stand up comedian, which means I'm basically, uh, a licensed therapist in the deepest, deepest, darkest recesses of the human mind. I know the darkness like you wouldn't believe just from being friends with all these psychos for the last 14 years, okay? I've seen it all. I've seen it all manifested in in all of these different forms and the core is the self-loathing stuff, okay? It's the self-loathing. It's the the messages that you somehow received when you were very small that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy. You're maybe you were Maybe you were criticized. Maybe you were actually told, you know, hey, you're uh, you're not good. You're whatever. It, it could be something like that. So the only way to undo that stuff, my love, the only way out is through the darkness, is through the heart of darkness. You can do all the cosmetic stuff. You can you can exercise. You can lose more weight. You can do more yard work to make people love you. Unfortunately, it it, it's, it is just that hard work of, of going. In, into the d- the depth and the, and the darkness through with a therapist and, and going back and examining what it is why, why am I fucked up? Why am I sad? Why do I hate myself? And until you resolve that, unfortunately, it's going to be a loop of uh, trying to get people's love through various means. And, and and that is a futile. You'll wake up at 50 and be like, what, I just wasted my whole life trying to get so-and-so's approval or this or that. Say, hmm, it's not going to happen. So but here's the good news, Elijah, my love. Here's what I can tell you right now is that you're not born shitty. I, I doubt it. I mean, maybe there are like a few psychopaths that are just born shitty. Like maybe was Hitler just born crazy and shitty. And I don't know, but I have to tell you that I, I doubt you were born self-loathing. I doubt that you were, and I don't think anybody is. I think you're born, uh, uh, um, you're, you're miraculous in your existence. First of all, you shouldn't even be here. When you think of the, the, the absolute unlikelihood of your existence, uh, out of the, the millions millions of sperm swimming in your dad's bean bag and the high number of eggs in your mother's ovaries uh, you, one particular egg met met one um, sperm out of millions and then you came into existence with the the the, the complicated dna that you are it, it is so fucking un, improbable your existence that to spend your life hating yourself is such a colossal, it's it's such a bummer. And I know so many people listening now, it, it, they, they feel it too. You do, you feel it. Just know that that shit did not come from you, my man. It's impossible that it just came from you. There's something outside of you that got inside and it's your job. And I believe that it is your responsibility to go find out what it is and to face the fear of what it is. Otherwise, you will live a life of quiet desperation. You will lead a life of sadness if you don't, if you don't have the balls uh, to fucking go look. And I, man, I got to tell you, and I, I see it now as an adult, too, the people who don't face the, the darkness, the sadness, who don't face it with a, with a therapist, I'm saying, and they don't want to go look, is that you're, you're just going to end up doing the same shit over and over. You're going to hurt everybody in your life you're going to fuck things up for other people. (laughs) So uh, you're not what your brain tells you. So what can you do in the meantime before you Google sliding scale therapist and your zip code and you find a therapist in your neighborhood? Uh, You know what really works? This is going to sound super lame, but Louise Hay, right? founder of Hay House Radio, she just died, she has... This wonderful tape, I'm going to recommend. You can find it on, uh, it's an audio book, I believe. It should be on iTunes. It's called What I Believe by Louise L. Hay. Um, and it's a guided meditation. And it's a wonderful entry point into reprogramming the wound, like your, your, your mind that's telling you bad things right now. It's kind of a nice entry point to undoing those negative thoughts, right? uh Louise L. Hay what I believe in the deep meditation is like some meditation so she tells you her thoughts which are really great and then there's like a guided meditation which really helps listen to that shit a few hundred times just to stop the tape in your head that tells you you're not good enough that you're not you're not worthy um and then read her other stuff i think she's a great a great entry point uh to to all this self-help and to like she does affirmations and crap too where you you tell yourself what you how you want to be, right? Uh there's a great affirmation that goes I love and approve of myself. It <laughs> sounds really corny, but uh whenever you're having a thought that is just not helping any, right? When you're like I I fucking have a piece of shit I'm worthless. I don't, all those unconscious messages if you can catch it, that's the nice part. If you can catch it, just say to yourself, I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself. And it's such a weird trick of the mind because the mind believes whatever we tell it, right? The mind believes all this stuff. It believes the, the bad stuff tends to make more of an impact because it's usually done when you're younger and you're more receptive and it also hurts. So there's an, an emotional association with it. Uh, but if you can re rewire Right, all those associations. I love and approve of myself is a wonderful affirmation. Um, yeah, or oh, I am worthy of love. Say you have to say it, whatever it is you want to become. Right, that's what you. That's how you form an affirmation. Don't ever do it in the negative because the, supposedly the unconscious mind uh, doesn't accept the negative. So, for instance, if you wanted to lose weight, you would say, "I easily lose weight." You wouldn't say, for instance. I'm not being a fat shit anymore <laughs> because, uh, that's not positive and the, the mind doesn't register that. So start there, uh, start some kind of a meditation practice, Elijah, I would say some sort of practice where you get in touch with your, yourself, with your, your center. Cause it does, it sounds like the center is boop, boop, boop. It's out here. So when we're all scattered and all out here and every, you know, you're, you're, you're looking for that validation and the problem is that it's never enough, right? It's never enough because you're not right in your in your own being. And so it's never gonna be right until you, you get your mind right, you get your life right, all that shit. There's a reason all these hippie dippy, you know, gurus say this shit, because it's the absolute truth of it, is that no amount of fame, uh, celebrity, money, skinniness, external validation is ever gonna mean a shit if your own mind ain't right. And you've seen it over and over again. I mean, haven't we seen it with famous people whose lives you go with? Why is that guy unraveling? Why is that girl making a fool of herself? Why is, why is this happening? Don't they have everything going for them? The answer could be, yeah, but they're so fucked up. (laughs) The insides are rotten. You know what I'm saying? All right. My sweet Elijah. Okay. Well, uh, good luck and I hope, you, um, I hope you figure that out. Let's go with... This is an interesting one. Let's close on, on this one. I like to... Okay. This person would like to remain anonymous. Hi, mommy. I'm 24 years old with a husband, a nine to five job, a mortgage, and a dog. The reason I'm writing is that I feel like I have no sexual chemistry with my husband. I had slept with a few guys in high school, but when I met my husband shortly after graduating, he was my first real relationship. We dated for about four years before getting married and have now been married for almost three. I fell in love with his personality and a sense of humor. He has a great heart and the sex was better than I'd had in high school, so I never saw it as an issue. He has become my best friend, and I can honestly say that there's nobody I'd rather spend time with, but when it comes to my physical attraction to him, it's really not there. I feel guilty that I don't want to be intimate as often as he does, and when we are intimate in my head, I know I'm only doing it for him. I've been feeling this way for about a year now, but how do you even tell someone that you don't feel as sexually attracted to them anymore? Am I making a big deal out of nothing? Maybe it's just something that comes with being in a committed relationship for this long. It's always come down to the gut feeling that I just just wouldn't be worth losing my best friend over. I think about having to separate all of our stuff, figuring out what to do with the house and our dog, and especially losing my relationship with his family and his nieces. I literally get a lump in my throat even imagining it. There are so many ways in which I feel like he's the perfect person for me, but there's one lingering issue and I can't decide if that's a deal breaker. Okay. Any advice or words of wisdom? Okay. Uh, let's call you... I don't know what's a silly girl name. <sighs> I'm going to call you Gucci. So Gucci. Because I just looked at that box <laughs> and it says Gucci on it. Here's the deal. You are 24, you're very young. Um, there's a few things. I don't, I mean, again, I, I'm only speculated. Uh, you say that every other facet of the relationship is cool. You don't mention fighting, you really, really like this guy. Um, so here's a few things. Let's start off with number one uh, in a long term adult mature relationship, uh, yes, the initial charge of meeting somebody—the you know the um, the electricity of new relationship energy, right? That's what all those polyamory douchebags talk about, you know. N R E, new relationship energy. It's even called that for a reason because we know as adults uh, that there is such a thing as the newness, the excitement of the relationship when it's it's brand new and foreign and what's going to happen and this and that. And some people will spend their whole lives chasing the dragon of those first sparks, those romantic sparks, because they feel great, right? It feels good to be chased after, validated that way. Um, it, it fills you up because it's so exciting and a lot of people lose really meaningful relationships because they're chasing the dragon of the the NRE, as they say. Um, sometimes people have affairs out of boredom. They think that the new person will fill them up with the stuff that they should actually look to themselves to fill up. Um, and they make gigantic, colossal messes of their lives chasing the NRE. So part of it is just that Yes, things calm down. There's biological reason for it, right? Um, biology. Nature wants you to be really super into each other in the beginning so that you want to make babies. That's what that is. Chemistry is, it's physics, it's physicality, physical stuff, the hormones, pheromones, blah, blah, blah. Nature wants you to be super into each other, <gasps> make a baby, and then those chemicals naturally kind of die down into a more reserved um, stable state so that you can raise a child so that you can be there for a third person, the baby. That's the whole point. That That's why nature cools it off a little bit and you settle into a really comfortable, nice place. So there's some of that working. Um, usually from what I've underst I understand that sex is kind of the litmus for, for what's going on in the relationship generally. and if the sex part is no gr- it's not great, it's usually because the other parts are not working. So I don't know what other parts might be um, broken. It's usually a communication thing uh, you know if it's not good in one area then it'll be the indicator is that it's not good in the bedroom. So my request, my thought to you, it doesn't say anything about dysfunction physically. Um, and it sounded like you did have some kind of chemistry with him before. Um, is it an intimacy thing? Are you not used to, is it the intimacy of marriage? Maybe, maybe because it, it, it does demand, Is it is a different beast marital loves than, than dating loves, uh, simply because you are really intimate with this person emotionally and it's, that's scary. Um, could it be that? Uh, could it be as simple as you don't like what he's doing? Uh, is it is it something fixable? Can you tell him? Yeah, you know, here's the thing: is that dudes are not mind readers. Uh, women, we like to think that that men communicate the way we do, and it's just not the case. So they don't really understand subtlety or hints. So don't fucking drop them because it, it they don't get it. You got to be really explicit. In terms of what it is you need or want or whatever, because it's not going to change on its own, and I know at twenty four it's like it's hard to tell people all that stuff so um, it sounds like you have a good thing going, but this one part isn't quite working and and you're writing to me when I think the person you need to be talking to is him and I wouldn't lead with <laughs> I don't I wouldn't lead with uh, I don't feel like banging you um, oh it could be also hormonal for you too are you on a birth control pill that's sucking the life out of you because definitely that's a hundred percent valid if you're on some kind of formulation where you feel it dead inside, which happens to a lot of women you may want to look at what form of birth control you're using if it is hormonal that could be a huge thing. Um, but I invite you to explore it with him more than me and really be like, y- you know what? I, I like, he sounds like you like him, but you don't mention anything. Like I hate the way he smells or I hate this and that. And it's like, you're into him. So let's figure out what can be done, uh, to make it a little more inviting for you. So I think you need to think about it a little bit on your end. Like, what would that look like? Don't just go, uh, you're fucking boring. I don't want to fuck you. And then put it on him to come up with the solution. Cause I think that's really culturally what women um, have been taught. It's like, it's mostly male sexuality, right? In the world, it's pornography. pornography. Um, the aesthetic ideal for a woman is generally what the male ideal for a woman is. Right? Big, big tits, big ass. Uh, it's not really what, like, it, it's not self-generated is what I'm saying. The sexual culture that we live in. So I invite you to think about what it is that could make you a bit happier in that department and then propose that you do that thing with him. Because like I said, I'm not hearing any other big things that like leap out. Like he cheated on me a year ago and now I don't, I don't like him anymore. Uh, that's the reason why you wouldn't want to have sex with your husband. Generally women, if we're withholding physical stuff, it's because there's an emotional something that's going on. You know what I mean? Resentment or whatever it is. Cause, uh, yeah, but I don't, you're not mentioning anything like that. So it could be simply that the two of you need to work on that part of the relationship, which is totally fixable. And I advise you to, I'd say, give it a whirl to fix it. I don't think that you're ready to hit the self-destruct button on the relationship just, just, just yet. Gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, because uh yeah. Generally something else is awry if that part is uh isn't working. And it's generally communication. So talk to the guy, dude. Talk to him in a way that they understand. No esoteric. No, no, no. Direct, direct, direct. This is what I want. Blah 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 blah. Direct. It's the only way they understand. There you go. All right, guys. Okay. So that's it. That's my show. Email me. That's deepbropodcast podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you would like me to answer it, let me know if you would like to remain anonymous or not. Uh, check out my Netflix special. I believe by the time this is up, that will be up as well. Um, and, uh, and that's it. So until next time, that's been deep bro. <laughs> Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with with. it. Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato? Maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? What's that? That's teeth, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. 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 That's deep, bro.